Hello! Happy Holidays! You're listening to Plot Mechanics. My name is Adil, and soon I'll be joined by my friends Ed, Leon, and Motsi, and we'll be discussing the 1990 Christmas classic, Home Alone. The movie was directed by Chris Columbus from a script by John Hughes, starring Macaulay Culkin, Catherine O'Hara, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, and John Hurd. That is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm sure you've already seen it, so let's jump directly into the conversation. What up, everyone? Uh, Merry Christmas, and I hope everything is good on your end. If you have not been paying attention or don't know where you are, you have tuned into Plot Mechanics. Uh, I'm Leon. I'm Ed. Medill. And I'm Motsi. And this week, we are talking about the cult classic? I don't know, classic classic. classic. It's classic. A classic. classic. It's a 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 classic. It's one of the biggest classics in, in, in cinema. It's recognized as one of the, for, especially for our generation. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Is it in the, the preservation library, whatever they call it yet? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a classic for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, tuned in yet, uh, time's up for guessing. It's Home Alone, assuming you didn't, you know, <laughs> click, click on the podcast the and read the name. Original uh, Home we Alone. We were in somebody's autoplay, and yes. that would be very good, honestly. <laughs> we, we, did not, we did not talk about Home Sweet Home Alone. Um, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> And, and probably uh, new, we'll never talk about that. Yeah, probably never I think watch we should it. next year. We should talk about Home Sweet Home Alone next year. I haven't okay, seen it yet, Leon's but I'm sure, movie for next year. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be pretty bad. I've watched Home Alone and Home Alone 2, and I generally stop there. There's like <laughs> six of these movies. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. There's like Home Alone to. 3, which was like a standalone, some other random kid that gets left home alone. Lord. And there's Halloween 4, where they... they Halloween bring, 4? They bring back but they recast everyone, including yeah. Kevin McAllister and his parents and, Har- and Harry and Marv. Everyone gets recast. It's horrible. Then I there's the, ho- the holiday heist, which is like. So, uh, did you call it Halloween? The yeah. other Benny? Oh. Yeah, other yeah, yeah that's you made a mistake there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the holiday heist. This is, and then there's um, the new one, the Home Sweet Home Alone, <laughs> which the trailers make it look like it takes place within the same universe because Buzz McAllister is a cop. <laughs> And he has like a cameo. That seems right. Same know. actor? I don't know. That yeah, same correct. actor. Oh, God. Yes. I, don't wow. I, don't know. I don't know how that works. That seems correct to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. But yes, anyway, so. um, initial yeah. thoughts, I guess. Uh, Leon, you don't like this movie. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I'm going to say that I watched this movie and it didn't engage me at all. I mean, I I probably outside of watching it and being like wow all of these adults are completely inept um and then the last like 10 minutes which for me it was like kind of ended like anticlimactically i wanted it to be like because that last trap where he could have electrocuted everyone in the water would have been great that would have been like cool but i don't know this movie this movie for me was just like it was on and it felt like a tbs movie it felt like it felt like one of those movies that just sits on like tbs when you're a child and someone turns it on and you just don't turn it off and you're like i guess it's on television and you do stuff in the background while it's playing and then you turn around you're like ah that scene's funny and then you go back to not paying attention um 
So, so this movie in itself isn't bad. It's just for me, it was incredibly unengaging. I have the exact opposite um, reaction to Leon. I again love this movie. This is actually one of my Christmas movies that I watch every year, and I've been watching this movie since 1990, and I've always been engaged, even from a five-year-old, six-year-old kid to a 37, almost 40-year-old grown man. Um, I think this movie is pretty, pretty awesome. I think that there are things that have aged and not in the greatest way, but those are few and far between. I think um, overall, I think that this movie is one of those magic in the bottle things that can't be replicated. It, it did its thing. And a lot of that is really the cast. I really think that the cast elevates what is probably John Hughes's weakest script, maybe, potentially, but it, they all are able to elevate it to something that's a lot greater. And that's, and that's a good thing. That's not, that's not a knock against John Hughes. Like the script is what, what it is, but these characters really like these actors really bring it to the, to, to, to a different level, you know, just the little things that like the little things that Catherine O'Hara does to make this like her performance. So funny. John Candy's performance is great. It's like, it's, it's just laugh. Like it's so awkwardly funny in, in, in so many ways. And like, and Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, like you can't, like what they do is so funny. Joe Pesci in this movie just kills me every time. And Macaulay Culkin, like, I mean, this is what he's known for, right? I think, I think he does exactly what he was mm-hmm. asked to do. I think, I think some of the scenes that he is, yes, it is silly, but it, it, it works. The, the, the joke works. And so, so for me, uh, I, this is a solid movie. I love this movie. Um. I guess for me, it's like, I, I actually, so, so don't like speak yet, but I actually don't like this movie that much, but interestingly, so, so it's not because it's bad. I, I think there are all obviously elements of it that don't work, but like overall, I know it's a classic and I understand why it's classic. Um, for me, it's less about like liking this movie and more about the fact that it is very Christmassy. And, you know, it like has that, it's a mood setter once again, but in a different way from Nightmare Before Christmas, which we talked about last week, but um. It's um, it's really interesting how this like perfectly sets the mood of Christmas. I think like obviously I'm not I love Christmas, but I don't have that many Christmas movies per se that I like to watch during the holidays. But if this was playing like on TV as I was doing Christmas things, I'd be like, yeah, this is great because it's it, it does like evoke that feeling. I actually I really like the second one way more than this one, but that's obviously a personal preference thing. I don't know what it is about the second one. I just like it better. But I think like what re, what I but of all the things like in this movie, I think the best part is definitely the two robbers. <laughs> um, I think like um, they ha- they bring such charisma to the film. Um, I think it's because I don't like the family that much. Like, it's not that they're badly acted. I think they're acted exactly the way they're meant to be acted. I just don't like them. Not even like Macaulay Culkin's little boy, like whose name I keep forgetting, but yeah, like um, um, I Fuller? didn't really, huh, sorry? Fuller, the cousin? No, 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 like um, the actual like main character. Oh, Kevin. Kevin, yes, there you go, Kevin. I don't even like Kevin, but I do, you know, but I appreciate it because it definitely like knows exactly what it is and it does it well. And it's also very, very like, mo- like very in the Christmas mood and also just is entertaining. So I, it's not a bad movie by any stretch. It's just a personal preference thing. But yeah, like between the two, I like the second one more, but this one works exactly the way you want it to work. And I appreciate it as a classic. Uh, just to your point there, Matsu, I, I do believe the second film is one of those rare sequels that is able to retain the majority of the magic 
that like they it recreates it pretty well um mm-hmm. which which a lot of films try to emulate the, the original and they they just fail completely and honestly and even i think i think they yeah. do it really well and even yeah. saying that i don't like kevin i'm like Kevin, fair enough. He got left behind by like I mean, listen, they're all kind of terrible, but I think of in the scale of terrible, Kevin's the least terrible for being left behind by his entire family. Like if he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a dirt bag, I would not be surprised <laughs> given what how he's been treated. I, I don't know. No, if I'm was... sorry. The things that he said in that film from the first 20 minutes would have got him slapped senseless multiple times in my family. My yeah. mother would have beat the shit out of that kid. Yeah. But he was very um, neglected, clearly. So, I mean, oh like... yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. I did not grow up in a in a white upper class suburban family like this. So the things that Kevin very says, very upper class too. Yeah, like I, yeah. I rewatched it recently. I was like, what? They're so rich, and I think that's they're, why they get they get yeah. the Christmas mood perfectly because only a rich family could have that level. Money's of... never an issue for this family, and it's yeah. insane. Like like she'll she'll she she uh Kevin's mom like bribes how many people <laughs> with stuff <laughs> just to get a ticket you know terrible, they, they, yeah. yeah and that's the point i guess you know, I, it is and the fact that kevin even just had random money around the house that he was able to go and buy groceries which by the way i'm sorry to say this this scene actually annoyed me so much where it's like he goes to the grocery store and he <laughs> buys detergent paper towels meat food for like three meals uh toothpaste toothbrush a whole bunch of like stuff and the whole thing cost him 19 dollars yeah it was like 1990 man what the hell in a smaller town i would say yeah Yeah. so i I was like what is this nonsense like i buy this stuff it cost me 120 bucks i thought you were were gonna say like why didn't he buy more stuff like a kid would which makes me like think i guess kevin is actually also like he's not only smart he's also he's also very frugal he also doesn't need much yeah, that's true. Okay, so good anyway. for him. Good for this kid. I, I think that's the joke, right? Like he's going in and shopping like a like an adult, and yeah, I think yeah. I think it works because it's Macaulay Culkin. So yeah, yeah. Like, so, so for myself, I, oh sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So yeah, Matsi, uh I used to I, I used to be like you. I used to like the sequel a lot more, and the reason is that when I was a kid watching both of them, it's. The second one is an adventure. You left home, you discovered a whole new city. But over the past few years, I think I like this one. I've started to love this one more, and I'll tell you why. So this movie came out at the right age for me. It was like I was at the age that Kevin was the first time I saw it. So it was, for me, I was Kevin. So you're there, you're defending your home, you're starting, after that, we would play with my brother, we'd have battle plans, we'd set up traps in the house and everything. And then as you grow up, especially recently, I start, like, when I was a kid, every time the the mom would be there, Kate would be there, I would just be like, okay, that's, you skip over that part, you don't pay so much attention. Now, I'm really, really gripped to my screen watching that because that I can relate to her. I can see, like, especially now, like, I can see my niece. What if my niece was uh, alone at home? One day I'm going to have kids. So now I'm really, I'm seeing the movie in a completely different way. And I think that's, that part is something that's missing from the sequel, which makes this one a little superior to me now. Uh, overall, this is my favorite Christmas movie by far. And it's, it's one that I watch every time once I was home alone and, uh, all my friends had left town and I could not go home and I was spending Christmas for the first time alone. 
I put Home Alone 1 and 2, got ordered cheese pizza, watched the whole thing. Fantastic. You know, for a little bit of time, I actually tried to track down Angels with Filthy Souls, and, and then I realized that they shot that specifically for Home Alone. Right. <laughs> but I'm oh, like, that. I want to see this whole movie. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought, I genuinely thought for the longest yeah. time it was the same, like it was an actual classical movie. But... And then the sequel, they made Angels with Even Filthier, with Filthier Souls. I'm like, there's a sequel to that? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to yeah. find that. <laughs> double, double feature. <laughs> All right, let's um, brief summary, like a real brief, brief summary. I don't think you guys really need that because you've already probably seen it. So when his family goes to Paris for the holidays, Kevin McAllister is accidentally left at home, left home alone. While his mother embarks on a desperate journey back to him, Kevin has to fend for himself and defend his house from two burglars. And that's it. That's my summary. Anyway, the movie right off the bat, what I like about it is from the credits got this music it's got the home alone with the e in small font because that's a little kid that's that's just there compared to everybody else and then we get into that intro sequence which is which is i think so efficient because it really sets up the characters and the relationships and you see everything from either kevin's perspective or harry's perspective and you right away you get you understand how the mom is, how the dad is, Buzz, Uncle Frank, how cheap the guy is, Fuller. And you even get like a, a little piece on old man Marley. So I, I thought that was that was really, really well done. You also get like the pizza, how Kevin likes cheese pizza, the gold tooth, the statue that falls every time somebody gets pulled in pulls into the the uh, the front door. Every little thing, I think this movie throughout as well has a lot of little moments like that that sets up something that's going to pay off to it. Yeah, I, again, like, I think this movie was was well put together. And not like, this movie was well put together. The movie was, was well casted. I mean, again, I find, uh, what's his name? Not Macaulay Culkin, that's not his actual name, Kevin. Um, I find him annoying as a character, but I, I watched this movie. I found all the characters annoying, but I didn't know if that was on purpose. Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to relate to any of these characters because they're all spoiled. Um, and, and that plays off in, in their attitudes. And the only one that really has that arc kind of change, not even kept, like, I guess would be the old man. Um, and even then, it's kind of just like he's an old man across the street. They thought he murdered someone. I mean, like it, this this movie, as as I was as it was watching it, there was just so many things that were just taking my attention away from the movie that I was just like, it's a fun movie, it's cool, but like this is a movie I'd watch while I'm cooking something or while I'm doing something else or building a puzzle or anything else that this movie didn't necessarily take in my full attention. Well. Um, I think that Kevin is pretty much portrayed well enough, in my opinion, as like the every kid. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in that kind of family, but I could definitely relate to Kevin being, you know, a, a young kid being kind of bullied by your older siblings or older relatives and not being taken very seriously. And I think that, yeah, there's some bratty tendencies in Kevin. Don't get me wrong. He is a little whiny and whatnot, but like, 
we all were probably like that as a kid at some point in time. And I think that the, the accuracy that this film portrays that is, is pretty well, like I said, it's like, like an adult watching it sees Kevin as a little annoying, but you can relate. I think you can relate very much to what, to, to, to what, what he's feeling. And I think there's little things in the movie, like Adil said that, that, you know, kind of give you a lot of insight into this family, you know, like there are a lot of spoiled people in this family. They're, the, the uncle's very cheap. Um, I think the parents um, have, I think there was even a great line that the, fa- that, that, that the father says when they're on the plane where it's like, you know, I didn't have all this as a kid. And so, you know, I'm trying to give my family and my relatives what I didn't, what I wanted, but didn't have. And I think that that was, that's a very nice little touch that they have there. Um, so I think that the first little bit really sets up you know the, the dynamic well i think it sets up kevin as a character really well and and then i think that the way that they um they set up old man marley was actually done really well because we i think at least for me growing up in suburban uh the suburbs of toronto there's always that there was always that one person that one house that was creepy you know and 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 you always had a story to make let that what could potentially happen in that house you know it was always a house that you kind of walk that you could try to walk really fast fast away from so I thought that that was handled really well and I think that that again um, that pays off really well later on you know where it kind of says hey that that weird that person that you think that you're afraid of they might actually be nice they might actually have different things going on going on um, and I thought that that was really really well well put together I think I think with this movie I think everything it intends to do it does um, and and for me anyways it feels like this movie exists for me anyways for the last maybe 20 minutes when they're actually trying to break in the house and have all the traps go off and all that fun stuff um and yeah everything before that just like Adil said is all set up for everything from you know the gold tooth to you know the the way that the stairs are set up and shot in the first earlier scenes Every, everything's laid out in in such a way that a plan that clearly the person who who made this movie, people, sorry, who made this movie, um, knew exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it the way they did. Um, I think for me, I I can't relate to Kevin at all, um, and I think that's a lot of just about like the way he speaks, the way he thinks, the way he interacts with other people. Um, I I can't relate to that character at all. Um, I can't relate to the parents when, you know, when they realize that they've left their child, I'm like, well, you guys are, you guys are useless. The, you, you were shown in how you treated your family before you left. And now I'm just like, well, I have no reason to, to um, relate to your fear now because the way that you treated your child before, I'm like, well, yeah, what did, what did you expect was going to happen in the way that you were talking to your child, a child talking back, if you don't get, you know, the taste backhanded out of your mouth. Um, you're the adult, you're the adult in that situation, right? If a child talks back to you and you and you're the adult in that situation, stooping to that child's level is like, yeah, well, clearly you're just as inept as a as a as an eight-year-old. So <laughs> welcome got, to this podcast. Um, right. well, <laughs> you know, I mean I do, uh-huh, yeah. oh so no go ahead. Go ahead. I just I just I do want to agree like I think that's why I don't really I mean obviously the second one still Kevin but like at the same time I don't think I I I enjoyed this because I didn't really relate with Kevin either or the family how many kids did they have again five five yeah plus plus the cousins oh plus the cousins how many cousins were there 
Five. Five. That's so baby that garbage. You couldn't handle ten children. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my parents with six children and dozens of cousins could name every single one of them and notice if one of them was missing. I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like in general, yeah, it was very, I think that's what it is. Like I couldn't really relate to it. I think when that was kind of taken away, when we kind of focused up on Kevin in a hotel, just having fun, I think that at least like touched me in terms of like the times I visited a, a fancy hotel. And I was like, if I had all the money, what would I do in this hotel? And that was like, just kind of, that was kind of like where I started relating. And, but in the, it, like, and I knew the plot of the first one. So it was just enough. Like, I feel like knowing the plot of the movie and experiencing the movie aren't that far off from each other. But like, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's like, I just didn't relate to it that I, much. I think for to me, like, sorry, go ahead. it's okay. Um, no, for me, like I, I, I actually, like the the premise is far fetched. Like uh, it's it's given that it's a far fetched premise, mm-hmm. um, but I think it taps into at least for me that wonderful feeling of being home alone as a kid. Like you know you don't have the authority around, you don't have, but you have the safety net of a of a of a house. You know you can do whatever you want, and like what they do in the movie is pretty much everything that a kid wants to do. Like yeah, I want it to bogging down my stairs through a door. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that, unfortunately, because the stairs weren't set up that way, but I would love to do that. You know, and there's these little things that that the movie does that that make you realize that, yeah, this is this is what a kid's idea of of being home alone is. It's not like, you know, what we think of it now where it's like we got bills to pay and whatnot. But yeah. and, and I like that. And I also give the movie a lot of credit for trying to make the premise as believable as possible, like the way that mm-hmm. it tracks all the little sequence of events that happen that went wrong, that yes, might be far-fetched, but it made sense how they would have forgotten him. Yeah. Again, it, it's it's very convenient, but like a lot yeah. of the things, like the fact that they, they did count 14 kids because the neighbor's kid happened to be in the truck wearing exactly <laughs> what Kevin would, would, would be wearing, right? And it's like almost like they had, very everyone funny. had the responsibility, but not everyone, like some people shirked their responsibility. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not believable. Yeah. It's really just like, I, I think this movie, like, I don't think there's like many, yeah, many big flaws of this movie, quite frankly. I think it's like very, it does what it does very well. I think it makes sense in the context of its own movie uh, world. I'm really just like joking around because it is really just a matter of um, relatability and or like just personal enjoyment more than anything. I think objectively, when I look at this movie and how it was built and what it was made for and what it's meant to be, I think other than a here or there, like my issues with like a little bit of the acting, like at least, but he's a child, like, you know, it's it's whatever. Um, overall, like it, it works. Like it, it's a movie that works and I understand why it's a classic. And it's just, yeah, it's all personal preference and everything. It's just very funny for me to say like, for you couldn't handle like checking on 14 children. My mother would like my mother would I guess beat up Kevin. Yeah, for sure. Kevin's oh, my mother. grandmother would not have forgotten us. Like she exactly. would have she would have checked every room and you couldn't hide from her. Exactly. Even if you wanted to, but exactly. You know, it's just very know. funny. Yeah, it's a contrivance, but it's yeah. a contrivance it, made for the movie that works for the movie. Exactly. So. It's like it even in is. even in 2021 standard, it would be like, Mom, you forgot me at the airport. Move <laughs> end credits. <laughs> like send a text to the mom. <laughs> yeah. End credits. Exactly. The um, watching this movie this time reminded me a little bit of Knives Out because Knives Out is very 
it's, it's so well calibrated. Every single thing, it's it's set up so well. It's 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 uh, the timing is wonderful, and the when you just at the series, if we just look at the series of events that leads to them leaving the kid behind, you get the power outage, then they're late, and then the neighbor comes and everything. It's like the perfect beat sheet when when you go. Uh, when you go to a screenwriter screenwriter workshop, they they teach you about a beat sheet, which is like this happens and then that happens, all this stuff. But if you if your beat sheet goes like this happens and then that happens, it's it's not the best. But if you have like this happens, but that happens, therefore this, and you have all this, and throughout the film there are many many moments that are like that. So. Uh, there is a power outage, so they woke up late, but they were counting the children, but the but the neighbor was there, and and so on and so forth. And I love how well written that 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 is, and that's just one of many many moments, many parts of the film. Yeah. And then you get a whole sequence where Kevin's by himself, and we already went over that. So meanwhile, we got the 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 wet bandits, you know looking at houses to rob and i think the way i i again like there's a far-fetched nature to that but i think that the way they handle it in the film you know with him dressing up as a cop you know getting and getting a a a family that you know duping a family that for would never think of a, a cop at their door being suspicious they have that privilege but it's like you know that like things like that it works well for the movie and then yeah Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why I find this movie so unengaging. Um, it's, it's, and 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 I, I I will say I don't I don't find it on the same caliber as Knives Out in in how they lay it out. No, I, I, I did not I think, mean it like that. Like yeah, it just yeah. made me think of it. Yeah, way. yeah, I know, I know what you mean in that sense. Um, uh, but it it I think for me this movie. Um, this movie, at least for the setup of it, was was so technical that it it lost a sense of not necessarily a surprise. I don't know what the word is, but it just it just felt like, oh, here's a movie: A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. House breaks in, movie ends, and it was kind of just like, yes, there are reasons for everything you know working together and yes there are reasons for how this movie it, how this movie plays out and like I, I get that that the director obviously took his craft very seriously in how he did that um but for me once once a movie follows down that very technical linear point yes in terms of storytelling it's very like I guess with your beat sheet, very it's laid out very well, but it has it has no it does it doesn't it doesn't take me for surprise. It doesn't pull me anywhere. It's just kind of just like this happens because this happens and this happens because this happens. I'm like cool, cool. cool. I think I I think the way you see it is is I had this similar experience last week with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Just because I watching this movie, I'm so fascinated by the way they made that film but emotionally i could not necessarily connect that much and and that that does that does play a lot into your personal enjoyment of something right Mm -hmm. 
if you can't relate to it and and i totally get that you can't leon we it, it's and and even for us like we were not that rich but i think we grew up well i don't i can't speak for you guys i i grew up a little more comfortably maybe than you guys so watching this i could see myself maybe more than any of you in that character mm-hmm. well i mean like I, I like growing up i think a lot of it was I can I cannot see myself in that in that character. One, um, the way he talks, and and there's no way I could see myself acting or talking or behaving in that manner in my life period. So just the the and and, and it's not just how McAllister talks or how he moves or whatever. It's also the context of which he does so. Right. So like, if you take something base like, oh, I'm ha- I, I'm I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling independent today. And you and anyone can relate to the idea of feeling independent, but um, how McAllister shows that independence and how he shows that I'm being a tough guy. I'm going out, I'm buying grocery shopping. Like I can't, I can't fit into that mindset. My idea of independence is completely different than that. Uh, my idea of him, of him, him when he's trying to be happy are completely different than my ideas of being happy, him being scared of being like, it's not his necessarily his actions that deter me from relating to this character, but it's the fact that his motivations also don't relate to me as, as a viewer. And I'm like, none of this talks to me at all. And when you mentioned like he was an every kid, I think it was Ed who mentioned that. Like, I do get that. But at the same time, when I really think about like, I don't think any of the characters except the robbers were likable in in that way which is why like I also just didn't connect um I think it was that like the fact that I mean let's I mean here here's the thing when you say he's an every kid that is the same thing that you would say of Bella from the Twilight franchise she's an every teen so <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of like what that's hitting me the same way in that way where it's like um if Kevin McAllister is like kind of a he's a yeah he is a child's fantasy um if you can't connect then that's it like as a character, he kind of just doesn't work on his own. And it's, it's that, that that's my feeling, I guess. Like you have to like really yeah. like dissect it to understand if that's true or not. But like, because that movie, like because the movie just didn't give me the reason to kind of, you know, really get deep into that. If we, if we go by the idea that he is like very much in every kid, then that means that necessitates a lack of personality on, to a certain degree yeah um, if, if he's yeah. A, if he's a child's fantasy if you've never had that fantasy of being that child then you can't relate to him it's the same thing as like you look at superheroes right you can't relate to a superhero uh, like superman if you've never imagined being super strong you can't relate to the flash if you've never imagined being super fast like his who he is is supposed to be a conduit for the the fantasy of a child and if you're, if you've never had that fantasy of what being home alone in that particular situation has looked like, um, you know, even earlier, uh, like Adele, you were saying like, oh, you used to imagine like, you know, booby trapping your house and having this whole thing. Like, but I've never had that mentality of being like, if I was home alone, what would I do? So because of that, because he's such a, a template for this imagination of, of independence, and I don't fit into that template, I can't relate to this movie. 
I think similarly. And I mean, Adil, to your point that you mentioned, you kind of like were brought up more comfortably. I was also brought up more comfortably, but at the same time, I never, I don't think there was ever an instance I was ever alone in my own house and I never really wanted to be. So like, that's also like kind of part of it as well. Like, I think in that way, it is just like, there is a certain disconnect. And again, like, I mean, it's a whole different thing. Like we get to two. It's so weird that I can't connect with Kevin in the one, but I can connect to him in two. And I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just the fantasy of spending a a whole ton of money in a hotel. (laughs) That's what it is, right? But yeah, like, I think like that's why this movie works and it doesn't. I think it works exactly for what it is and what it is this just does not connect with either me or Leon. But all that said, like, yeah, we did mention it's still a good movie. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not really, it's not really a, a, like a mark against this movie for being exactly what it needs to be. But I think there are just certain points in which what it, exactly what it needs to be is exactly not what we, <laughs> not what we you, can. You guys make, make very good points. There's no, there's no denying that. Denying that. Um. Yeah. The robbers, um, though. And the, the robbers, robbers are so like, and the parents like are I think that's why like the personality of the robbers shine through so much because they had like their own like they were they like their personality was the charm I think for me personally apart from the Christmasiness of it which is another charm for me. Um, the the personality of the robbers was so like in in the face of these characters who I didn't really like or connect with suddenly there are these two robbers who are hilarious they have very they're not just like they're not just like rote they're not just standard robbers they literally they have this dynamic that's very reminiscent of the two guys from um from the 101 Dalmatians I guess it was or something like they have such a like a buddy robber um rather than a buddy cop like the buddy robber dynamic there's like one guy who was like essentially abusive and the other guy who kind of you know like I, I like I remember these you know like they're memorable and because of the because they it's you know it's a fantasy and everything you kind of just you don't root for them necessarily but you do like them you do enjoy them and you do enjoy like because they are underestimating this child who is clearly like this little genius and made to be a little genius for this movie. They are going to mess up. And I think like, you know, that was the, that was a charm of the movie. And I think everything else about it just didn't click, but that did, um, which works because like, that is the main part of the movie. The robber's trying to get in and Kevin keeping them out. I think like, that's where all the charm and entertainment and enjoyability is just all there because um, that's kind of where the movie really like, really is the movie like leon said it's like that's where the movie is the distilled energy of what this movie is meant to be yeah, because everything builds up to that right it, it's exactly it's the payoff of the whole film that's for true. me for me personally now i'm my favorite character is the mom because just her, her struggle and her determination and her, her keeping pushing to get back whatever happens I think you know no actually I will say like I said I didn't like the mom but I do think she is one of the most well acted characters if not the most well acted character in the entire movie I think like her performance was very memorable in that way I think it is like it it is a matter of like um I don't think Macaulay Culkin is very good in this movie but at the same time he did exactly what he needed to do so I don't know like I just it but (laughs) I don't know I can yeah. you say that because when I was watching, I thought like <laughs> there is no other kid in the history of film that I, I could see playing this character. Really? Haley Joel Osment could have played him. No, it, well, no, not, 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 the time. Google not the time. All the time. No, not even if that movie was made 10 years later. I mean, Haley Joel Osment is not like oh. this. Um, you know, 
Who played Corey they, they tried Ma- four played times Matthews? to find another yeah, kid. Exactly. Who played, who played Corey Matthews so. in Boy Meets World? I mean, assuming you're the time traveler and, you, and he was at the right age, yeah, yeah, sure, well, sure. He could he could do the role. I, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. So I've never <laughs> seen. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Sorry. No, no, no. Macaulay Culkin is perfectly cast. He's wait, he's wait, wait. Adil, you don't know what Boy Meets World is? I know what it is. I've never seen it. Mm, yeah. Huh. You just want to show you. You're not, not missing that much, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I, there's something to be said about Chris Columbus. I, I'm I'm not a, the biggest Chris Columbus fan as a director, but for casting children, Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter, the whole cast of Harry Potter. Yeah. He's great at finding the right people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's I, for me. Kevin is perfectly cast, and I, I really cannot, definitely not, Haley Joe I'm sorry. I like the guy, but I can't see him at all in this. He's too depressed. There's a likability that Macaulay Culkin has mm. that, um, uh, where it's not overly, um, he finds that balance, at least yeah. for me. I think it's also like that Haley, Haley Joe Osmond couldn't have played a little dick. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, yeah, because he's too. I think that's true. Actually, you know what? I do agree. Like, I think. I think Macaulay Culkin does it right because like I don't really like Kevin but I think at the same time that was kind of not necessarily the point but it was part of the charm he's a little bit of a dick which is why he's so good at making death machine traps well I mean that's <laughs> yeah. the whole the whole arc of him is being like this 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 arrogant kid who thinks that he's you know that he's fully capable and then he has to learn to be fully capable by being home alone. I think that that's smart, but he does it within an interesting safety net of being in this beautiful house. You know, I do think that I do like the parents, you know, the way that, that the mom desperately does everything she can to get home. I think that that was done really well. And I do appreciate that as I get older. Um, it always amazes me that everyone else just kind of goes to France. But then again, they do set that up because it's like, well, we can't get anything. This is this is all we have. And ironically enough they show up 10 literally like 10 seconds after she does so <laughs> and i thought that that was a really nice joke it's like oh how did you get here fat well we took the morning flight the one that you didn't want to wait for and it's like oh right right that's right let's, let's get to the ending like let's talk about the ending a little uh, again later um old man marley i thought was very very interesting because he's he's kevin's ghost of christmas future mm-hmm. if when Kevin looks at him, like, and Kevin kind of saves him, and he saves Kevin in a way, like they both, like, if Kevin keeps fighting with his family, he will turn into old man Marley. Yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting, yeah. and that's something I did not see until recently as well in this film. I mean, it's... I don't know. Like, I think that the way Kevin was fighting with his family, again, I can't relate to him fighting with his family. I can relate to the fact that at that point, the adults are the problem. Like, not, like the adult, it, the, yes, Kevin says some things that probably should have had him uh, smacked. Yeah, smacked a couple of times. Not going to lie, that would have happened. <laughs> like, no, 100%. He should have had the taste smacked out of his mouth multiple times in that movie. But... Um, Sorry, we're just speaking at from the experience. same time. Sorry, yeah, guys. from experience, from experience. <laughs> but like at the same time, he is the he's in he's in grade two. He's in grade two, and the yeah. adults are acting that way. I agree. Like, no and matter. You're, how and you're gonna be like, times, that's that's yeah. the ghost of Chris of Kevin's future. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
if that's Kevin didn't do anything picture, wrong in this scenario, right? I would say Kevin. Kevin's the kid, and the dad's the one that's shoveling gravel by snow because clearly, he's like, "Well, I guess we'll just take the flight tomorrow morning." The dad should have been like, "All right, cool. Hey, kids, you're with your aunt, uncle, your cousins. Me and mom are flying back." But for him to be like, "All right, wife, you can go, and I'll stay here with the kids, and you can find a way back." You, you know why? That, dad, you know why though? Because it's why? easier to find one one seat than two that doesn't make doesn't matter doesn't matter that absolutely matters if everything's booked up no because it absolutely matters it's like how how am i gonna how am i gonna argue with the flight with with someone to get me two seats when 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 all we can get is one and that was her choice she decided that she wanted to try and get there in time like it was never like it wasn't like this is the only path that we have it was like no this is this is where we're at Unfortunately, this is our situation. She says, I'm going to figure out a way to get there faster. That's all that was. And it was like, yeah, you can only do that with one person. You can't do that with two people. Yeah. And I do think like kind of coming back to the point. Sorry, you'll go ahead. Let me just add add that one thing. So there's a lot of deleted scenes with the dad that they decided Mm. to, because it was not flowing in the film, but the dad, meanwhile, he's calling, he's trying to reach people all the time. And he's doing it from France. So he, he's dealing with the communication side of things. He's not sleeping while the mom is doing that journey. Mm-hmm. There is that scene. Um, there is that scene where Uncle Frank is opening up the, the, the shrimp and handing it out. And, every, and Frank, they're like, Frank, those are for later. And the, the cheap ass is eating yeah. it all. But no, like in that scene, uh, you see the dad is on the phone trying to Try, trying to make phone calls and, and he okay. does he, he is frustrated he's yeah. visibly frustrated so mm-hmm. it's like he is trying um and again like it's it's a far-fetched scenario and i never it's a family comedy so never for one second is 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 kevin ever in any real danger um you know and i think that's i mean that's kind of the point right it's mm-hmm. it's it's meant to be that it's it's a john hughes movie no one's ever really in any danger it's mm-hmm. like it's like they, it's, they explore things from a sense of comfort you know you're not wrong because after the initial forgetting your son before the airport uh, it's hard it's hard to to justify any statement any movement that the family makes after that point right because they're like oh they're trying so hard i was like i look i get you're trying lady i really do but you shouldn't be in the scenario in the first place so <laughs> yeah. you've, lo- you've lost all you've lost all right to me right you're yeah. you, I, <laughs> I got, I got nothing for you. I think, uh, yeah, I think we just like kind of bring up that because it, I don't think it was Kevin who needed to learn. I guess it was like a personal lesson, but like in terms of like the movie and like being like getting along with his family, his family is terrible to him. Like I remember that very clearly. So it's like- Like it's, all families. Yeah, He's but like, in, no, too. but like in, in like, even like to the point, like his own brother bullies him, his parents forget him. It's kind of like, I guess, I guess with other siblings, sure. But like in this scenario, he's not the one who's supposed to like kind of smooth things over. And I know it's because he's a protagonist and whatever, they have to learn a lesson. But I think Kevin, for all that I say, he's a little dick. He's, he did not like, he did not do anything wrong in this family scenario. And his personal lesson can be his personal lesson, but not necessarily like, a lesson he had to learn because I guess his the only lesson I got from that actually was that he shouldn't judge people and that's it like I don't think it had anything to do with family <laughs> right? like the fact he just didn't shouldn't have judged this guy who it turns out to be a great person just because he thought he was kind of creepy and that's that's basically the only like moral I took away from that rather than him learning about getting along with his family 
he shouldn't judge people he doesn't know. He knows his family and thus should judge them accordingly. He doesn't know <laughs> the old man across the street. So therefore, that man has a clean slate. If that, that's the lesson of the movie. Do not judge people unless you know them. And then once you get to know them, if they're still assholes, then write them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always thought his, I always thought that the whole movie was just having Kevin experience what it's like to be an adult because that's what he wants to be. He wants to be grown up. He says it in the mm. movie. He wants he to be grown up. Money. He wants to have it. No, but that's again, Except like the dad probably didn't either. Probably some well, billionaire. Well, to be well, honest, uh, but uh, that, that's speculation. <laughs> but um, that's what Kevin wants. He wants to be an adult. So it's almost like, okay, well, Learning. here you go. And, you know, you have, yes, you have your safety net where like there's money around the house and it's a big house and you can get your cheese pizza delivered to you, which is all well and good. That's like the, the, the fantasy part of the, the, that's, that's why I say when he's in every, he's in every kid, it's like, these are childlike fantasies that majority of upper class suburban kids had like that's, and that's what the movie's appealing to, but it's like when he has to, when, when it starts to become closer to Christmas time, he starts to, he starts to resent not having people around. He starts to feel lonely and he sees the looming danger with people wanting to break into his, into the house. Um, You know? And so he has to kind of, you know, man up and, you know, do what he has to do to, to, to protect the the property. You know, it's like, um, so it's, it's, it has, his his arc and what it is to experience that like that's what it is it's not like he has to it's not a really big like he has to grow or anything like that and or or to be more appreciative of his family i don't think that's that's fully what it's about but i do think he learns that along the way that you know his family um that you know you do have to settle set aside your differences and someone has to do it i do want to say I think the reason I related to the second one more than the first one, and the reason I don't like the first one, is because the entire concept of being left alone was literally a nightmare for me when I was a kid. Like, so when I was a kid, I actually had a specific nightmare. I was probably like seven or eight years old. And this nightmare has stuck with me since to this day, like 20 years later. And it is the nightmare that my family forgot about me. That was my nightmare. And the fact that I watched this movie, which was supposed to be good fun, like the, from the moment the family forgets about him, I'm like, this is terrible. This is awful. This is the worst thing that could ever happen. This is like, this is my entire nightmare. This is like the nightmare of any child from like a large family being forgotten by like, be like a middle child, especially like, or a younger child being forgotten by the family. Like, so the, the rest of the movie, it's like, oh, we're having fun. I'm like, no, you're not having fun. You are in a terrible situation. You are in a neglectful family. Family. and this is the nightmare of any person from a large family and I'm like what do you mean this is like a fantasy but yeah but the second one it's like well you, this happened again but this was a total accident and also you have all everyone's money and you're you're gonna be fine and I'm just like yeah no this is great <laughs> this was kind of more of an accident than the other one was like I mean obviously the other one was an accident too but like this one's kind of like in transit accident so I get it and then it's like well if this happened, if you were traveling and this happened, the best thing that could possibly happen is you having everybody's money. <laughs> I, I guess. So this was your nightmare before Christmas? <laughs> it's my nightmare before Christmas. This one is. I mean, How old I've, were you when I, you first I've saw been, it? Oh, sorry. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not that young. I was like 13, 14. Oh, but it was okay. still like, okay. no. Like, it was still like this night, but the nightmare I had stuck with, is, still, is still with me. So it's like... <laughs> That was like a lifelong trauma. This this movie is like my trauma. And I'm like, no, I will actually not enjoy this movie. 
Anyway, Ed, you were saying. Oh, no, it's okay. Don't worry. Uh, apparently, according to the novelization, uh, his dad was a businessman. Just say businessman. <laughs> like you want to be rich, businessman. Yeah. My, yeah, that's what I used to say about my dad. He was a businessman. That's why we have a three three floor house. Right. Day trader. <laughs> He's a class trader. Internet, probably probably making money off Netscape Navigator. Invest it all in them. Yeah, no. I think the most unrealistic part of this movie is the fact that these guys are this rich and still get to spend time with their family. No, <laughs> well, that's the most unrealistic part. Not not everything those two yeah, exactly. uh, burglars go exactly. through and still exactly. survive and still survive <laughs> that's another i think that's the entertainment value of this yeah, movie but, uh, it's a really that's, that's, skit. that's like tank. or it's a tom and jerry skit if the, yeah. stairs, if the stairs didn't kill them from breaking bones and necks and stuff the paint can would have definitely killed them oh absolutely yes who did they it are... uh vsauce <laughs> not vsauce um uh jake roper did uh, a video of um would you survive Halloween? Because he has like a, a movie series of like, alone. would you survive the movie? Oh, would you survive Home Alone? He did, uh, he, he has like a movie series where he basically like breaks down all of like the things that happen in random movies and he did Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And like, what would happen to your hand if you touched like a, a knob that was glowing red hot? And like, how bad would that burn? Like, what would a paint can from that height do to your face? Like he went through the whole gambit of all the things and been like, yeah, they would have died. Like yeah, yeah. No, was, it, was it the VFX that, dudes not... who did like uh, Home Alone, realistic Home Alone, where they like made it R-rated would, or maybe, something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Jake Jake Roper. Oh, so is is uh, I don't even know their names. I'm so bad. It's like those no, dudes who do VFX, uh, VFX stuff. Screen yeah, Junkies has one too. They have a uh, like a video where it's like, how many times did Harry and Marv die? die. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think you know, I think Marv had like 26 deaths or something like that. Lord, it was like, well, yeah. definitely dies more. Well, in Home Alone 2, he dies a lot. Yeah. Like every every time he gets every brick. So, is, so that's is actually death. what Home Alone 2 is. It's it's them in hell. Yeah, <laughs> they maybe. died in the first movie and they're in hell because well, everything ske- he back. turns into a skeleton at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still like one of the best scenes. Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I that is truly the the best enjoyment you can get out of this movie is trying to figure out how much cartoon violence these poor these not poor they they did got what they deserve but at the same time these poor robbers <laughs> they I mean, are persistent they, yeah. yeah they're like come on give up there are other houses would have given up there must be like better ha- like better less risk risky houses here come on yeah kevin's 100 percent growing up to be a sociopath in that family good for him i, think I mean <laughs> no because in the second one he learns his lesson then saves kids that's right yeah i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even seriously i don't think too much about it <laughs> He's, i don't know this i don't know i mean i guess my final thoughts are like this movie like i can't relate to any of the characters um and the comedy is slapstick so it's okay but it happens in my mind like in the last 15 minutes of the movie every parent in every adult i should say from the police officers that they call to the police officer that checks the house to the burglars to every every adult in this movie is completely unable to function as a regular adult and it's just like eh it's a it's a it's an okay made movie i just i just don't care for it and it's unengaging to me that's my fun thoughts. 
Yeah, my final thoughts are I don't like this movie that much, but I I get it. Like I I do get it, and I've already said why I don't like it in a law in in a uh, in a deep dive into my personal uh, traumas and um, <laughs> my experiences as a child. But um yeah no um but it works. Like it is what it is, and it works. And it also like it's one of those things where something can be a classic and not necessarily jive with you like if you don't like a classic it's fine you know what's a classic twilight is now a classic i will argue that to the very core like listen twilight is a classic and so is home alone they don't have to be good but there's a but classic is a whole other thing and this is good for what it is but at the same time like you don't have to enjoy classics that's fine and this is one of them i don't enjoy this classic but yeah i co-sign that i co-sign that too hey you want to go uh, I love this movie. It's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, what you I, will always lo- I will always love this movie. Yeah. I've, seen it, I've seen it countless amount of times, and I think I will, will continue to watch it every every Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy for you for that. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I will, I'm going to watch Spider-Verse every Christmas. I, <laughs> good for you. I will always... Do you watch it only over Christmas, though? Adil didn't let Leon watched, put Spider-Verse on his Christmas list, a Christmas movie list, and now he's gonna I mean, that's, a, that's an unfair forever. assessment because I've watched Die Hard in the middle of summer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's not as recognized as one. I don't necessarily agree with those things, but anyway. Um, okay, my final thoughts are that I too, like Ed, love this movie and I will watch it. I, I watch it pretty much every Christmas. It's that back-to-back with the second one. It brings me so much joy. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, it made me laugh a lot. Now, sometimes it makes me cry just because there are moments that really get me. The the moment with Old Man Marley in the church get me. The the moment just after the heist when he's sitting at home by himself decorating alone, that gets me. And, of course, when he's reunited with his family, that just... uh, when the door opens and everybody just walks storms in just pure joy i think this this movie is represents the holidays really really well i think it it shows the season of perpetual hope where people helping one another you see that especially in uh gus and the polka band uh the just the, the it shows the miracle in the morning when everything like it's the most hopeless moment of his life when he really feels he's going to be alone and then everybody just comes in like seemingly uh impossibly and and yet it just turned out that way this movie has like christmas in its dna which is rare for a film without santa or magic and um yeah i love this movie you've you've probably already seen it so listen love actually you know. has it <laughs> love actually is a christmas movie and it doesn't have santa or magic <laughs> but it does have an yeah. octopus <laughs> this could have been love actually guys <laughs> you know if you what? want to hear about rate, love actually vote for it i probably rate love actually and home alone the same <laughs> oh, that's fair i think they're classics for different reasons but yes Cool. Oh, uh, happy Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas! Happy holidays! Uh, Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know any other ones that are happening now. I think, I think that's pretty much it. Those three. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the year when the wall kind of like <laughs> fell into it. Happy New Year! That's fair. Uh, any birthdays between you know now and whenever? Happy birthday to you for listening. <laughs> it's your birthday. Hope you get it, Leon. Hope you get uh, 
birthday presents and Christmas presents, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it works. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool. Well, thanks for listening. Um, that wraps up, I guess, this season. Yeah. It was a whole a whole season. We we did a lot of episodes. Maybe we'll yeah. do like a little this conversation of how forty nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forty nine. Thanks that a lot, we... guys. For if you've been listening from the beginning, and thank even you. if you haven't, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Honestly. <laughs> and what was the thing that Kevin does when he twists his cheeks like this? I only remember the look. Screams. Not what he he puts aftershave on his cheek, which makes no mm. damn sense because his pores wouldn't have opened up like yeah, that. He didn't shave. Yeah. So <laughs> he didn't shave. Well, I think he did. I think he did. Did he? Then he I, just I, think, I think he did everything he, his dad would have done. He probably shaved before that. Would have ripped the skin mm-hmm. off his face. Yeah, this is no, the 90s. No, There's no, no Gillette razor. Would that have actually done it when razor I was a bird. I've oh actually done it when I was a kid. It wouldn't. F up probably. his face for all time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Anyways, much love, thank everyone. You so thank much. you so much. Happy holidays. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Peace out. Hey, Tom. Have a great time. Later. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Block Mechanics and for sticking around for a year with us. We will be taking a break for the holidays, so we will be back sometime in January. Please follow us on social media to know exactly when. So on Facebook, we are Block Mechanics Official. On Instagram, it's Block Mechanics. And on Twitter, at Block Mechanics 4. There, you'll also find some fun stuff about Home Alone and some of the movies we cover, as well as our favorite holiday movies um, ever from each one of us. So do check those out. And from the bottom of our hearts, we wish you and your family the happiest of holidays. Take care.